0: Community podcast. Um, With me, as always, I have Cybsidian from the Triple S League. Hello! We have the Mad Queen Show.
1: Greetings, Earthlings.
0: Now, Last Known Meal is doing something important, so he won't be here today, but we have Jay Gray, our Telosaurians Media Ambassador, with us today. Jay, how are you?
2: I'm doing all right. Hello, friends. How are you doing?
0: (laughs) So, just for the uninitiated, I guess we'll get you to explain. Your your job responsibilities and your roles over at Artal Sorian, uh, just to get everybody up to speed. I don't think you've been on the channel for a while now. Yeah, so. it's, it
2: has been, it been been a been a few forevers. Yeah. Um, hi everybody. My name is Jay Gray. I am the my primary job duty is I'm the media ambassador over at Artel's Rating Games. We are the creators of Cyberpunk, a company founded by Mike Pondsmith, who published tabletop role-playing games. Uh, my basic job is interfacing with anything that is media, social media, you know, press media, uh, customer service, uh, all that sort of thing. So if it's uh, public-facing, chances are I'm either doing it or involved in it in some way for uh, the company. Cool. I'm also a writer on Cyberpunk Red, the new edition of the Cyberpunk tabletop role-playing game, and the primary layout artist for it as well.
0: Mm-hmm. So speaking on Red, what what can we mention about any updates happening with Red? I know it's around the corner. Do we want to talk about the release date and tentative schedule of, of those kind of things?
2: Sure. I figured you'd want to go over like the news of the week first.
0: Uh, I figured we'd start with, with Red stuff. Do you guys want to do 2077 stuff first and then jump into
3: doesn't matter to me. Oh, uh, we should probably we, we could start with red stuff. The 77 stuff is going to be slightly yeah. depressing. Yeah. Really, so
1: I mean, uh, I don't, I don't believe okay. We we will make it short. Cyberpunk is delayed. late. Right. Let's all, go for Cyberpunk red. Yeah,
0: that's kind of all we need I to say I think we've already
1: covered the news. I mean, it's the late is the late again? December 10th. The the video game is delayed again. That's all the news that we have this week. So let's talk about Cyberpunk red, please.
2: <laughs> okay um Cyberpunk Red <laughs> is the latest edition of Cyberpunk uh, you'll you'll know it best is cyberpunk 2020 but the actual truth is the name of the role-playing game is just cyberpunk uh mm-hmm. when it came out in 1988 uh, that was the first edition we call it 2013 now because that's what the fan community calls it because that's the year it was set in 2020 is the edition everyone knows red is the newest edition and it is set in 2045 roughly halfway between 2020 and the 2077 video game and uh we have happily announced that we will be releasing knock on wood, that it will, uh, come out on the 14th of November digitally. Uh, there'll be a cool event that day. Also knock on wood that it happens. Um, because you know, 2020, who knows? And then we expect to start seeing it in stores around the 19th of November, uh, in the United States, if you are outside the United States, expect it probably more sometime in December or January because it takes time these days, especially these days to get things overseas, uh, and through overseas distribution and into stores. And that unfortunately is something we have no control over. That's entirely to up to the uh, various distributors in Australia and, uh, a place where last known meal and mad queen is europe that's it (laughs) i am i'm good with words i am a professional writer yes i am Uh, cyberpunk red uses the interlock system which is very similar to basically the engine that's 2020 is uh and uh but we have been working on it hard uh hammering away at it trimming off the fat making it run faster smoother Mm -hmm. uh, making it a run uh, quicker at the table and we're really excited about that making every every one of the roles which is what we call classes feel extra special and interesting and uh you know bringing it up to a modern snuff
0: mm-hmm. and so comparatively to the jumpstart kit which you released i don't even remember how many months ago at this point uh how big last is august. last august it's been that long hey yeah, Damn. it has
2: been. We released at last uh, what we call Gen Con, which is the world's, or at least the United States' b- biggest uh, gaming convention uh, mm-hmm. for tabletop games. And the uh, Jumpstart kit ran in, not counting all the little like, extra stuff, came in at about like, 100 pages total, maybe 120 pages total. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, core book for Cyberpunk Red comes in at just over 400, somewhere around 463 pages. Uh, of lore rules uh, and other cool content, uh, including three pieces of fiction, two of which have appeared before in cyberpunk publications. And the last one is a new one written by Mike Bondsmith specifically for this adventure, uh, this adventure, this, this edition.
0: Mm -hmm. So I see you've been busy with the, the blog, with the updates. Um, What are, what are kind of the latest ones? I see gangs are up here. uh, Yep. Life path one.
2: Yep. Yeah, we uh, started off with uh, a tour of the book. We went chapter by chapter, talked all about it. There's a lot of chapters in the book, um, it's 16 or 17. And there is, you know, we, we wanted people to know not just that, you know, the book is coming, but get a good sense of what's in the book. Then we did a life path, and that life path was we just say, oh, the life path is like this. We did a full example running through it of the life path from start to finish uh, life path. Uh, for those of you who are fans of the video game, Life Path is the do I play a Street Kid, do I play a Nomad, do I play a corpo uh, and that's where I start. Uh, uh, in Cyberpunk, the tabletop game, Life Path is a background generation system where you go uh, piece by piece. Where was I born? Uh, how did I grow up? What was my family like? Uh, mm-hmm. Important events. Uh, and then in uh, new to Cyberpunk Red is what we call role-specific life paths, where once you've got your basic background, you roll, uh, you get some interesting life path stuff according to your role. Like, for example, if you're a Netrunner, you'll get uh, some ideas of where you get your programs. If you are a fixer, uh, which is sort of like the, the you know, it has the movie say, the guy who gets you stuff. Uh, you'll get an idea of who your clients are. If you're a med tech, you'll get an idea of uh, whether you've got a partner or not, whether you, you, you work solo or if you're uh, part of an organization. Uh, or And so we're excited about that. And then the last one was we did some details about combat, and we did some details about the gangs that are in
4: mm-hmm. uh,
2: Night City in 2045. And I think for 2077 fans, that little bit of lore is going to be the most interesting.
0: Yes. Yeah, we saw. I remember seeing the new one, the albino alligators. I believe they're called the
2: albino alligators. And yes, that, uh, they have
0: some connection with Miles. Miles Toss from this CDPR team. I don't know if that was a joke or that was that was a joke. Okay, that was a joke. all right, okay. Uh,
2: no, no, that, that was that just uh, Miles. <laughs> one of Miles' tweets just happened to pass by my feed while I was thinking about it. Well, there you go. Inspiration. Now, the albino alligators are basically uh, the joke is, is that there are a bunch of there are a bunch of gangers who found an old car wash uh, from before the fourth corporate war, and that car wash had promotions where they gave away T-shirts with their mask on it, which was a cute albino alligator cartoon. Mm-hmm. And so they had crates of these T-shirts, and that's what they styled themselves after is the the T-shirts. And no matter how many of them you kill, there's always more abana, uh, more T-shirts, so there's always more albino alligators.
0: That's awesome. I love that backstory. Um, so I've asked chat to give you some lore questions since we're gonna focus this podcast on more of the 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 lore of Cyberpunk Red, of course. Okay. Um let's see what we got here.
4: Yeah. Someone tell me, was tell asking me
0: your Someone was asking about significant characters. Can you mention anything about significant characters that we haven't uh that might bridge the gap between red and, and twenty seventy seven? Or I, I guess that's kinda spoilery territory
2: um so, so, uh there's a whole bunch of arisaka people alive actually i can't talk a little bit about some of them um one second let me just make sure Do-do-do-do-do. corporate profiles for people in the so i mean uh you may have already we've already kind of talked about this before that there are still corporations in the time of the red in cyberpunk 2045 mm-hmm. and those corporations are less powerful because being a global corporation is a whole lot harder but that doesn't mean that they don't do their best and uh among them is a corporation called danger girl danger girl is a private investigation security firm based in night city run by michiko sanderson of course michiko sanderson was actually born michiko arasaka Uh, she is the granddaughter of a certain very old man and the uh, daughter of kai arasaka Uh, who, uh, as we uh, all know, uh, ended up soul-killed at the end of the Fourth Corporate War, thanks to Spider Murphy. Uh, Michiko uh, surprised everybody by going to college. Not specifically. She is, I should point out, a citizen of the United States. And she went to college. That's not surprising, but it's surprising that she decided to study criminology, came out, and became a detective and started her own private detective firm. Michiko... Is very social media and media savvy and really cultivated her image of this cute, kawaii, uh, Japanese mm-hmm. detective going around solving crimes and being adorable. And so everyone calls her the little detective. And uh, that is, of course, just a uh, – a, um, I mean, she enjoys it, but that's just her outside image. It's just – that's her act. The right. truth is is she is an incredibly smart and dangerous and savvy person. So there's uh, one person, of course, um, and then you have uh, for in the Arasaka's, yeah, uh, uh, you have Urano and Hanako are, are still out there, uh, mm-hmm. and Arasaka being divided into factions uh, are kind of uh, trying to each basically shape the future of the corporation. With uh, Hanako not so much leading hers as being a figurehead, and the same thing's kind of the same true with Michiko. Neither of them really want to lead their factions, but the factions have clung onto them uh, as a example of where they're going. Uh, the same way that uh, in a in a fight for the throne, different factions will prop up a figurehead, even if the the child of the king does not want to be king themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh Uranobo is more directly uh, directing his faction and trying to uh take control of the company. So uh you have those. Let's see if I can talk about anyone else. Give me a second to go to that page. I'm looking through the PDF now because there is so much information here, all
0: <laughs> Okay. Um Yeah, we don't want you we don't wanna, we don't want to get you in trouble with uh divulging no. something that you shouldn't. So
2: uh, you'll be fine. I will say that there are there, there's a couple people of interest. Um uh, those of you who have watched Night City Wire may know the a, a certain red-headed, sometimes red-headed, sometimes blonde, sometimes brunette uh, uh, CDPR uh, media person, uh, Holly. Uh, what they may not know is that back when, before she worked for CDPR, she worked for PlayStation. She worked for Sony on the PlayStation Access channel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And there they ran uh, one of the first big cyberpunk th- back then 2020 campaigns where they uh, all all the personalities on the channel played Cyberpunk 2020. And she played a, a character named Phoenix Redwin. And uh, we were so tickled pink by that. And Holly's been so awesome <laughs> that Phoenix is now a character in the 2045 period uh, where she runs a clinic and uh, everyone owes her favors. So she manages to keep it running and actually helping people when a lot of people uh, can't get help. They go to her.
0: That is awesome yeah I, I know, that is awesome i know you guys have Leia as the rocker girl as well and in, in
2: yep yep yeah. uh, uh, Lalea, uh amelia uh, shows up as uh a, a rocker girl in the story that Mike wrote for cyberpunk red uh and um uh patrick um uh mills mills is also someone we are very fond of. He and Mike have worked very close together. And his his, his persona, Mr. Kernigan, and his cat show up as well Ooh. as a fixer.
0: Uh, very nice. But if you're
2: if you are if you're a 2020 fan, you're going to recognize some of the names. Like Bess Isis is still around, running her own. She's no longer works for Net54. She runs her own pop media channel for news. Mm-hmm. And Father Kevin is still around, still running his church uh, in the north of Night City. And... Uh, there's new names there's new there's new faces as well uh besides phoenix and uh and mr kernigan you'll see uh folks like um uh, woodchipper who is a uh, nomad from the outskirts of the city um, who uh, people people go to her when they need disputes settled mhm and uh Basically, uh when they need and they don't trust the law, they go to her and she it will be judge, she will be jury, she will be private investigator and marriage counselor, and uh <laughs> if you're in her you're in her she's a nomad, if you're in her garage and you cause trouble. She is hundred and seventy pounds of armored nomad in an internal linear frame and she will put you down.
0: Jeez. Yeah, don't mess with don't mess with wood chipper, I guess, eh?
2: The woodcutter is a pretty cool character. We've got some really cool stuff going. Um, uh, I can't talk about Morgan because the truth is, no one knows. I will say this: uh, you don't get a, name, a drink named it uh, after you at the afterlife, which Rogue is running uh, in 2045, hmm. uh, unless everyone can see. At least, at least, unless Rogue is convinced you're dead, and there is a Morgan Blackhand there. Sorry, no, hmm. there is not a Morgan Blackhand there. There is a Johnny Silverhand.
0: Hmm. Okay, that's a good hint. I like that one. You yes. can't, obviously can't talk about Rache Barmos.
2: Oh, Rache is dead. Yeah, Rache is dead, but all his little little rabid children are his running around clones. the old net. Yes, his, li- his little ch- clones.
0: Um, Spider behind the Gaddis is asking, "What about the law enforcement? How has that changed in in Red from 2020? Is it uh stable? Not stable.
2: It is. It is not. Um, you you have uh NCPD. Uh, sorry, NY ncpd yes you have ncpd out there and they're doing their best uh they're one of the few city there's a few citywide services there's not many but there's a few ncpd is out there but uh they don't cover a lot of area truth be told Mm -hmm. and of course the world being what it is a lot of the areas they will cover are the affluent areas as opposed to the uh the poor areas and so what you have is a patchwork of uh, various uh private groups uh private security, corporate security, uh, even like uh, edge runners just being hired to uh, keep the peace, gangs deciding that they're going to keep the peace in their own neighborhoods. So there's a fairly, uh, fairly uh, wide uh, range of possible law enforcement alternatives. And occasionally you'll get uh, something that's a little more on the uh, regional scale, like uh, Night City is in the Pacifica Confederation, which is a a loose alliance of uh, states and Canadian provinces in the Northwest. And you'll have marshals from the Confederation uh, breezing through.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. What other questions have we got in here? Um, I mean, well, just a comment from me. Like,
3: so, like, this is probably one of the, the coolest things about Cyberpunk and why. I really like the, uh, the concept of it and how Mike has done it. <clears throat> it's a game about corporations ignoring the individuals. And yet the, the best thing about it is the individuals within the story. And, and that dichotomy is what makes the cyberpunk universe so unique in, in contrast to, to some of the other things where it's like, it's like every character is interesting like every yeah. character is interesting like not just a little interesting they they're often far more interesting than most other games put into their protagonists like in certain games it's like you, you know the guy who's like the king or the wanna be king and you've got like a, a little bit of story all about him but that's basically it mm-hmm. and in this one you've got just this deep deep story for each character um, yeah. and and this and <clears throat> and it it the, the setting and the, the world actually continually build that and reinforces that into the uh into the world in the universe itself. And oh. yeah. And that's just so cool. It's so it, cool.
2: It helps we have a lot of lore to draw on. And our uh, philosophy has always been uh to tell a story even with the mechanics. So there's always there's a lot of books that are just essentially uh, uh, like Edge Runners Inc., which is uh just a collection of characters, but the, each character has a, a interesting backstory. Or the, in Neo Tribes, which is uh, has some some mechanics in it, but is for the most part um, a lore. And this is uh, this something you get uh, out of 90s uh, gaming, especially uh, with uh, World of Darkness from White Wolf. Did the same thing, and you saw it um, with games like uh, I'm I'll, I'll launching the competition now, Shadowrun or Earthdawn over at FASA, uh, there, was, there was this need to tell a story. And so uh, and you didn't see it as much before, uh, though you saw it some. Uh, and uh, and especially as this also is a, an outgrowth, I think, of the uh, Dragonlance and Forgotten Realms novels taking off, as people saw that uh, gamers were really interested in storylines uh, and that there was, there was room for fiction in gaming.
0: Mm-hmm. I had a question about the kind of the supplementary source books. What's the uh, timeline on those? Because I know, I remember you guys working on the black Chrome one, and I'm assuming there's others that you're developing uh, concurrently with that one. Is there a...
2: There is no timeline currently. Uh, we are, have not announced specific release dates yet for any of them, mm-hmm. or even release windows. We're still, we're still, you know, we're, we're working on getting this book out, and uh, we are working on the next book's... And, it, and the next products for the game, but it is in that case of um, not having enough information to put together a, a good solid timeline for release.
0: Fair enough, yeah, 2020A. Eh? Um, K asks, can you briefly tell us what are the biggest losers and winners between 2021 and twenty the 2040s? that was a uh, good question. The,
2: the, the biggest losers are the people because the world sucks. <laughs> and the biggest winners are the people because... They've managed to come out. uh, They a lot of them have managed to, you know, break free of the uh, cycle of corporate, you know, shoveling of stuff into them. Uh, You know, there's a lot of people. They're they're getting their own gardens. They're forming their own communities. They're uh, they're they're taking their lives back. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if you mean organizations and such, uh, in a lot of ways, some of the winners are uh, national governments. They were able to, as Japan and the United States, for example, were able to wrest wrestle a lot of power back from the corpse at the end of the fourth corporate war. Mm -hmm. Or, or, or more importantly, they kind of realized that they had the power all along. Um, If they stopped and they took a real good look at what they had, it's just they didn't have the will to use it at the time. Um, And uh, because you know, the United States actually still had a fairly big military, uh, and uh, Japan stopped and realized that there was only so far I think Arisaka was willing to go before uh it before it you know was, was, would bow to the government because uh a lot of that was still there you know there's only there are laws and they realized they had com- some control and uh, the biggest losers uh, you know what At that i 'm going leave to the book because there's actually a section on corporations that no longer exist
3: mm-hmm. Ooh, so so here's a follow-up to that are there more corporations now or less corporations now from the 2020 uh, campaigns to the uh, 2040 40s campaigns
2: that's a tough question to answer the answer is is there are fewer corporations that would have what you consider mega corporate global status mm-hmm. but there are and, and there are certainly fewer corporations in general because we packed a lot of corps into, uh, the, into the 2020 lore, especially in the Chromebooks, because we didn't just have, oh, this is Biotechnica section, and this is Arasaka section, this is Militech section. We had smaller companies that may or may not have been subsidiaries of other corporations. And, you know, we, we don't have them all in the Cyberpunk Red sourcebook. But overall, there are fewer corps. In a lot of ways, uh, there are more at the same time. For example, Trauma Team is not one trauma team anymore. You have Trauma Team North America, and you have Trauma Team Europe, and you have Trauma Team, you know, because there are different – Trauma Team is operating in sections rather than as a whole. And um, uh, corporations for a long time, it would be – the fourth corporate war happened. The net broke. Shipping broke down. There wasn't as much communication, and the local biotechnica guys would say, oh, well, we don't have headquarters and the board giving us direction anymore, but we're still Biotechnica. And so they would become their own little Biotechnica. And this is one of the reasons why Continental Brands was able to break free from Petrochem. Uh, so there are, uh, you, you might have the corporation you're dealing with locally may have the name of a major corp, but they may not have the backing of a major corp. They may be essentially the same corp name and the same corp mission, but not the same corp as the one that someone's dealing with in another city.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I'd like to answer a question on of law before I lose it. Uh, yeah, they, they've been asking uh, this, um, a follow-up of the same question, so so to make it short, I'd like to answer it because MT09 Madness is asking about how the United States work with regards of Night City. So the United States, uh, since the 90s, is not only one country. After the collapse, some States took advantage of the embattled, the the battles in the capital, and they seceded from the United States, like it's the case of the Free State of Northern California, where Night City is. Yep, sort of. But when it comes when it comes to laws, uh, Night City is considered some sort of uh, independent state. It's a city state that is more or less independent, only more or less, from the, uh, the, the free state of North California. And the free state doesn't participate in the government of the states. After the time of the Red, a new president was elected uh, in the late 60s called uh, Mayors, President Mayors. And she wanted to unify the, uni- the United States again, so she declared the war on the, uh, on the separatist states. And at that point, as Militech was nationalized by the government of the states in the end of the fourth corporate war, she had, you know, the military of the states and part, a good portion of Militech. So you were asking if, uh, if uh, what would happen? What would happen in the, in uh, in that city if the if the military intervened? Well, the case is that the thing is that at the beginning of the seventies, President Mayers declared war on the free states. So. Uh, she tried to invade the Free State of Northern California, and with this she tried to invade Night City. But, well, at that point Arasaka uh, was out of the States after what they did in the 4th. They were declared terrorists and uh, they were declared illegal in continental America. But guess what? Arasaka was backing the Free States secretly. So when the government, the military of the States tried to invade Night City, Arasaka put a super carrier in Del, Coro- Del Coronado Bay. Like, oh, look, what a thing. So that's what happens if uh, the states try to invade Night yeah. City. Yeah,
2: the for, the important distinction is the free states are not nations. They are not actually independently from the technically, they are still technically part of the United States. If you want an <laughs> idea of how it works, look at Iraq and the, um, the, the, uh, um, autonomous zone to the north where uh gosh darn i the kurd, kurd uh the kurds in the north who are both part of iraq and essentially their own nation and until unfortunately unfortunately or for, unfortunately depending on your point of view i'll, I'll leave that to mad queen uh that what uh the section in what uh the basque section in the south of, of spain they say, wish.
1: They wish. They have <laughs> yeah, to pay taxes to, to the central state.
2: Well, and the free states do send resources to the United States to some degree, um, and there is interaction. And technically speaking, but they're relatively self-governing in terms of the United States uh, doesn't make laws that directly affect them. If the if the Supreme Court of the United States made a ruling and said, "Blah blah blah" is legal because. Texas or Northern California or Southern California or many of the other free states would say, no, that doesn't apply, but that's okay. Um, We will still, you know, give you land to put your army here because uh, just in case someone invades from uh, the West, we want your army here because we we don't want to make it our own and you're paying for it. So there is some back and forth, but there are essentially autonomous regions that are part of the country.
1: But yeah, it all boils down to the fact that the the army of the states is not more powerful than the army of Arasaka.
2: Actually, they totally are, but they don't want to pick that fight.
1: I disagree. But well, <laughs> no, 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 no. President Mayes, President Mayors didn't want to check.
2: So no, no. The, the United States Army military has a the home field advantage, and b uh, and b is larger. But she didn't want to start a fifth corporate war either. So she backed off. It, w- it was not worth the cost um, and plunging the world to chaos again. And, and for that matter, it, w- it would not have done well for her election, re-election chances. Um, so, yeah, no. What Arasaka was able to gather would have probably been a short-term, you know, Arisaka would er, – because they essentially parked a supercarrier off the coast – and uh, Arasaka would have been able to fight them off for a while, but they wouldn't have been able to maintain a long-term war. But in the process, Night City and much of the West coast probably would have been destroyed and uh, it wouldn't have been worth the cost. So uh, yeah, Myers backed off.
0: <laughs> Smart. Uh, so it's
3: like, sort of like a new cold war-ish kind of concept.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. exactly. And, uh, and, you know, it. Don't expect it to last forever. I don't know what's going to happen after 2077, quite honestly. that—that That is something Mike has not confided in me, uh, if he and CDPR have worked that out. But I am sure it will not last forever. And I'm sure there are uh, forces within Night City and uh, Northern California and other free states attempting to subvert uh, – uh, from both sides attempting to subvert mm-hmm. the other to pave the way for either reconciliation or for Arasaka they like having a free port in North America to work with
3: mm-hmm. so this is this and this kind of harkens back to um what Mike said recently when he was on with Mad Queen where he's um I believe it was there I might be misremembering but it was the part where he talked about how in order to maintain a cyberpunk aesthetic you need to kind of have um a reset every once in a while. So we anticipate that there'd be a reset sometime between the time of, of, uh, 45, uh, um, no, I guess not 45, um, between like the 77 storyline and probably like sometime into the future of that world, whether it be five, 10, 15, 20, 35 years, at some point there has to be that other reset. Otherwise we, um, I think Mike said that if you don't have a reset in a cyberpunk universe, then you just get sci-fi. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: yeah, cyberpunk is generally a fairly transitory genre mm-hmm. because uh, once you start inventing more advanced tech, like say anti-gravity mm-hmm. um, uh, things, things really change. Now, that's not to say that you can't have cyberpunk pockets inside mm-hmm. a creator science fiction yeah. We're like, if mm-hmm. we were to pull back from Blade Runner, uh, for example, they have space colonies.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: it's not something that you really see much of. But there have to be but there, but if you were to pull back from Blade Runner, I think you'd be in a much more traditional science fiction universe. Um
0: Yeah. I think it's the split between that's... the split between the haves and the have nots too, right? So you can yeah, have like a that's, more that's super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: and I it was interesting always when um <clears throat> just to kinda of dip dip our toe into sci fi real quick. Um, you know, you do have like certain elements of, of a cyberpunk universe within within the universe of like um, the traditional, uh, next generation, um, Star Trek, you did have that kind of there. But again, it, um, it either devolves very quickly into, you know, war or accelerates it kind of quickly into like more, more advanced stuff. So it, yeah. it's genius of Mike to think of it this way and to always be setting the stage, but you never know what's going to be the trigger, right? You never know what's going to be the trigger. You never know quite know what's going to happen. Um, and you get the fun of, Playing that out through the story, which is really cool, and yeah. and ha- because there's always those pockets, like you said, of, of advancement, you you always get that kind of like um, this is one of my favorite things about the Fallout universe is because there is that there are pockets where there is still science going on and and growth going on. You're not continually stuck always in, with the same equipment, and you can get that really rare, really advanced tech from yeah. time to time on particular people or some of them, you know, retain that high level tech going into the next, um, semi reset, so to speak. And that, that's, that's the, um, that's a cool thing. That's a, that's a very, very interesting thing. One of my, one of my most, one of the most interesting characters I think is, uh, uh, Cunningham just because of that concept, uh, because yeah. she's somebody who's, who's been there all along and, and, uh, and doesn't, Suffer the same necessarily the same setbacks uh, technologically as as the other people do, and so therefore she's kind of like you know I, I suspect in a hundred years she might be a, a literal god of some sort or, or sorry goddess I <laughs> pardon my language that some <laughs> form of literal goddess in in the universe might actually be very interesting to see where that goes. So it's
2: interesting, I think. Visually speaking, if you Firefly, I think did one of the best jobs mm-hmm. of showing half of the Um and that is like you have one episode that is in a completely science fiction world. Uh and then mm-hmm. another which is in uh, you know, you might you you might as well, if if people didn't have a spaceship there, you were in the old west. Um and so I think that, you know, you can even find that dichotomy in the cyberpunk world of course. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mirror's Edge, I think the video game series did a good job with that too where uh i i say i tell people that's a cyberpunk game they say no everything's white and clean i said yeah everything is white and clean unless you get to the places where it's not white and clean and that's just what it is and you go to the corporate sector it's it's beautiful and clean and everything's good and there are drones scrubbing any graffiti that actually you know managed someone managed to spray on off the buildings and and you go into the the shining gleaming corporate centers and it's perfect and you could probably go you have an entire campaign there and that's very science fictiony you know between there and going up to uh, the crystal palace and we describe the crystal palace that way too if you look at the the source material the crystal palace is this gleaming beacon of the future um mm-hmm. but if you go you know it's like going to, it's like going to a theme park uh once you get you know into the corridors that go behind uh the gleaming beautiful sections they're cramped and and cracked and dirty uh, as dirty as it can be because it's space. and You want to keep things clean because you don't want the air filters to get clogged, uh, but definitely not the same. Um, and so, you know, that dichotomy can always exist, but Mike, I think Mike is right. There is a point where once you start adding too much, once you get to the replicator tech and the anti-gravity tech and the, and the faster than light drives, it doesn't quite feel the same anymore.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Because once you have a replicator, if a replicator can replicate replicators, why can't everybody <laughs> have a replicator? <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always something that, that caused me some concern is like, well, why can't you just like, you know, just go nuts? Like, like literally, why can't you just park your ship next to a sun and just like pump out, you know, copies of ships after ships after ships after ships? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, I assume it's because replicators need some kind of base level resources that you still have to find. Mm hmm. Now we know there's mining in Star Trek. They have all the holograms yeah. doing it, which I really hope they bring up in Picard.
3: Oh, I don't know if they'll. I don't know. If
2: I don't know. I, all I'm those not, all I'm those poor emergency medical holograms that are that are stuck mining because uh, no one liked them as doctors.
3: Right. It's a great it's a it's a great storyline of that in that yeah. universe. I, I hope they I hope they get around to it, but I I was I was kind of disappointed. with Picard a little bit not not as much as other people were but I was like oh man the thing I I, just to segue very shortly on that I the thing I was really anticipating that they would do is turn Picard essentially into you know Doctor Who and he just like would regenerate into a new personality and new look and that way you could always have a Picard within the universe just flowing down the the time stream and and in the future and that that way he would cement himself as this permanent fixture within the the Star Trek universe and that was a brilliant idea and then they just kind of went another direction with it really quickly and I was like, oh.
2: Yeah, I, I I don't think you will see that until uh, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart dies. So Yeah. Or literally incapable of playing the part. Um so, but we'll but, see. Yes, anyway, sorry, anyway, back to, sorry.
3: Back, to yes. back to Cyberpunk. Yeah, the technology is is the is one of the biggest most interesting facets about this universe yeah. and and maintaining that like um that system is is really cool and really looking forward to it the, the nomads are um as far as our community goes very very popular uh, as a concept and we really want to get into it um i think that the only other the only other aspect of the lore so far that we have uh, both in within the red and 77 is the is the nomad lifestyle we actually made a video where we created a character within the the world, and and she was like half nomad. Um, but the other the other one is the bozos, which I'm sure Mad Queen can can attest to. Is that that's the that's the thing that everybody's asking constantly is like <laughs> nomads and bozos,
2: nomads and bozos.
0: Well, you guys just uh, mentioned the the bozos for Red, right? And then the latest yeah, gang the bozos,
2: update. Bozos are still 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 around, still clowns, mm-hmm. still doing playing pranks, still freaking terrifying.
3: I'm 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 so excited that they're like in and so is is there any uh, major I it's it's it is one of these situations where you know when you have a leader or like a particular like named character within the bozos I don't know if that helps or hinders the because you know Joker is kind of like this this guy where he doesn't really have a background right whenever you start to make a background that's where you kind of lose people I think um Mm -hmm. But is there a, a main character within the Bozos this this time around?
2: The, the, all, rumors of the great Bozo will always be there, but the truth is the Bozos in my opinion are a lot like the Borg. They're mm-hmm. a lot more interesting when you know a lot less about them.
3: Yes, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: Uh so, some nightmares should be nightmares and mm-hmm. not things you understand. <laughs> uh, that they are just they're more interesting uh that way cuz once you know how they tick, they're not you know then you you know, once you understand how a watch works, it's no longer magical.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We we got that Ozob reveal, but he's obviously not a Bozo, right? Because he's not biosculpted. He's he comes As from another. Far,
2: yeah, you know, the, he he's not one of our inventions. He right. is, he comes from uh, a fan game in Brazil, which I don't actually know. Even if they are playing Cyberpunk twenty twenty or playing another game, because mm-hmm. I haven't been. Everyone said they're playing invented in, the, in Cyberpunk game, but I don't I don't understand Portuguese, so I haven't been able to deep dive and find out um so i don't there's a lot i don't know about that particular character but you know what i am glad that there is a there is a insane killer clown in there in some form or another
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i wanted to ask a question about this corporate supper image that you guys shared a while ago Uh, yes can you can you kind of explain what's going on here what's is this the meeting of the minds for there's a couple new corporations in here the neocorps uh, ziggurat, uh, Zirafa, and, and and those ones. What's kind of going on in this this image?
2: Okay, so the corporate uh the co- corporate I- uh, image uh we call it the corporate supper because it is very obviously last uh, modeled after the last supper sure, is yeah. we we wanted to get a good image of them all together and we we're like why would they all be together and we decided that it's essentially um that is they are co- coming for to testify uh in a, before a governmental body. Mm-hmm. is what's going on here. Um, and uh, because of that, they're actually all in person, uh, which is a rare thing. Uh, and you have just the various... And the, the story is is that trauma teams representatives, trauma teams, what we call faces, uh, in time of the red, most, com- in most countries uh, now have a law that the majority sh- shareholder or in some rare cases, someone uh, selected by the company is the face of the company and therefore legally responsible should the company break any laws. So if uh, a corporation is, for example, convicted of murder, that person goes to jail or is executed, depending on the laws of that country uh, in that corporation's place, in addition to any other civil fines that the corporation may have because of it. Um, so, uh, But the faces, uh, Trauma Team North America has two faces, a, a husband and wife team, and mm-hmm. they were late because they were actually at a medical emergency. And that's why they're also in their uniforms. If you look very closely at it, you'll see there's some, probably some blood on their uniforms. Uh, they are in Night City. Uh, you, you can tell that because the drones have uh, Night City News, Night City Today News logos on them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they're basically there are a bunch of people waiting to start. You know, people, very busy people, very important people waiting for something to start. And uh, unfortunately, they had to wait because uh, the two doctors had something better to do than... Uh, testify before a governmental body
0: hmm interesting
1: there is something that I was wondering the other day when you introduced the image on on the podcast is uh, yeah maybe they have to face some sort depending on the country if uh, this country has death penalty Mm -hmm. if they have enough money they can send the clone to die um
2: Possibly a clone, even in the cyberpunk, even in the time of the red, even it has, and cloning technology has advanced, uh, cloning biotechnology as a result of the fourth corporate war is more advanced in the time of the red than it has ever been before. Um, and more, but the, there would still be markers that would, uh, people would be able to figure it out from the genetics if they did a DNA test. And you still can't implant personalities, uh, to the degree that you, you could not, you could not make a good copy of someone's personality. At least not in the time of the Red.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Because that that would be an easy way to escape of whatever. I mean, you are the face of the company. You do whatever you want and then send the clone to die.
2: But (laughs) you can't send the clone. And if you showed up the next day, they'd say, oh, well, that was wrong. You're still on the hook.
1: Well, no. I mean, you bioscopped yourself to acquire a new identity. I guess with with enough money, you can do that.
2: Yeah, in theory, the law is a good law. Whether the law works or not is a whole different question, especially since a lot of these companies are international. Like in this company we have – in this picture we have people from the United States, yes, or from three states actually. I don't think there's – there's very few people actually from the United States here. But also uh, we have people from Russia, uh, the Neo-Soviet Union. We have people from uh, Italy. Uh, We have uh, people from Australia uh, someone from Australia, uh, magnificent Curtis, I believe is from Fiji.
0: <laughs> we have Michiko Sanderson, which you were mentioning earlier.
2: Yeah. And Michiko's Bing. in there. Um, it's, uh, let's see. Uh, let me scroll over cause, uh, uh, Olivia Forsyth of continental brands, which is a major food company, uh, and not just producers of food. They're like the trader, the, the evil trader Joe's of the world. Um, uh, <laughs> Nicola of Biotechnica. Um, he is uh your 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 the most interesting man in the world. the most interesting man in the world was bioengineering poisonous koala bears. Because everything else in Australia is toxic, so why aren't koala bears?
0: Poisonous koala bears.
2: Uh, yep. Ichiko, uh, RTM of uh, Zarafa, uh UR of Ziggurat, uh Carrie and Bob, Dr. Carrie and Dr. Bob of Trauma Team. Uh Anatoly of Silvoil, Yacinda of Rockland Augmentics, Angus Youngblood of Petrocam, General Samantha Slaughter Lee Young of Militech, and Magnificent Curtis of Netwatch. This is the first image ever of Magnificent Curtis.
0: Cool.
1: And oh, I must,
2: he, he, I he looks it. awesome, yeah. He, he, he is a handsome, handsome man. <laughs>
0: um that's
1: what we needed to to know about him it's funny because on the 20s magnificent cartis was like super secretive no nobody knew knew absolutely anything about him and suddenly it's the opposite he's the face of netwatch
2: yeah well part of that is because in the in the post fourth corporate war world netwatch really had to step up and not just be the people that fight cybercrime but to reassure the public in general that because uh, a lot of people died in the data crash, you know, a lot of people were connected to the web, to the net twenty four seven in some way or another, and so a lot of people died when the rabbits got got loose, and you know, so NetWatch is there very publicly saying, nope, not again, we'll make sure of it. And that's you know one of the reasons why even in 2077 NetWatch is such a huge and over looming presence because NetWatch's job is to make sure that as bad as the fourth corporate war was, the truth was the worst thing to come out of it was the data crash because it destroyed global communication, destroyed global network infrastructure, it mm-hmm. you know it killed lots and lots and lots of people, and because there was an over reliance on the net as a data storage facility as well. Yeah, a lot of information, a lot of data, a lot of a lot of wisdom was lost.
3: I am I am shocked and horrified at how much, um, at at how many companies have zero physical on-site data backup. Like, not even a single thing. A in single the real world. Sh- yeah. In the real world, in in okay. some of the companies that I work with, it's <laughs> like they they have zero if they go if they lose power they lose internet capabilities they are essentially done for the day they're essentially done for the day they there's nothing for them to do because they have access to absolutely nothing and that if that goes down permanently they, um they're they 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 just close the doors and and you know burn it yeah. on the way out because there's there's nothing like if they don't have access to the internet where all their files are they can't do any of their work and it's like how how do you how do you think this is going to end up
2: like- and, 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 and even if you have an on-site backup it does you absolutely no good if it's not constantly air gapped so that if there's a problem with the with with the a data crash happens uh you know because remember the data crash released the rabbits but it also starts swapping the ones and zeros in all the data so that uh even if you had information that information was no longer reliable because you didn't have if you don't have a hard copy backup mm mm-hmm. mhm Compared against,
3: yeah, and and this is where this is where I think like I pl- I play a lot of like um, sci-fi like galactic control games. Uh, shout out to Solaris, it's great. Um, but you're often wondering like how do giant like space-faring civilizations go down? It's like ah, uh, all it takes is for them to l- lose access to their archive data on the the memory systems in the ship. They have no books. They have no like written like down information where you can go to the library and say, how do I, how do I build the, the the warp drive again? Oh yeah. You have to do this, 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 you know, how do I build a nuclear, you know, uh, uh energy device? It's Like, it's like none of that, um, is in physical form anymore. Once you get to a certain point in technology.
2: And once, and when technology is so advanced that no one person or even a group of people can keep it all in their heads, mm-hmm. you know, c- c- if, if we lost all, Data today about building a computer. How long would it t- and, and all ability to, and all the manufacturing ability? How long would it take for people to rebuild computers to the level that they are now?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's an interesting. And it's question. like it's
3: like if you lose that. I mean, like steel is one of those things where it's like it's like most people don't understand. Your 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 country needs a certain amount of steel every single day, or infrastructure and cities crumble. Like you know, Mm -hmm. just snapping your fingers. If you if you stop giving steel to any country, um, you know, their water lines would start breaking, the roadways and bridges would start to collapse, and there would be nothing there to repair that, and you can't repair it with anything other than straight up steel. Yeah. And so it's it's one of these things where it's like in the cyberpunk universe, it's like if you lose access to one of those key turnkey things, then you're basically like you're you're nothing tomorrow and it's yeah. and it's very scary in a, in a bit of a you know looking at that from a real world perspective you're like hmm i i, I think we should get on this somehow
2: yeah. steel Oil.
3: yeah food
2: rare earth metals yeah there's a lot of things our, our our world and this is something you know mike talks about a book called was it uh 90 percent 90, of everything mm-hmm. uh, which is about the global how the global shipping works. And, you know, that was one of his inspirations for the breakdown of global shipping was that that, if that breaks uh, very few countries have in them to right now to be self-sufficient and maintain yeah. their current level of, of, uh, of life and technology and food. Uh, very few countries um, are capable of feeding themselves and maintaining their infrastructure right now without importing stuff from outside countries.
3: Yeah. So the the and I really like that that you know since it's, it's since its inception that that's kind of been a, a key you know factor in in the cyberpunk universe of like of of thinking about that because that's how you get these big crashes that's how you get these big resets um, yeah. and it's and it's really interesting seeing that from this this side
2: yeah I mean it, the, I I liken the fourth corporate war actually to World War II a lot mm-hmm. I, imagine if the entire world were Europe as opposed to just europe was europe like if there was no this this is going to sound egotistical and i don't mean it but if there was no united states to uh or soviet union to start rebuilding other countries um and providing you know money to help uh, with that process and raw materials and technical know-how if uh you know you had uh, the entire world where a good portion of the population was killed in the war either as civilians or as combatants and uh, there was no, there were no powers that be, either, were incapable of uh, helping out to rebuild other countries, or were uh, just didn't care. So basically, what if the entire world were Germany after World War Two, and uh, and you know, no one had come in to help Germany rebuild itself? Mm-hmm.
3: I would have found themselves probably in the um, Renaissance era, yeah, technological
0: uh, wise.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, Germany was really hard hit.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, before I lose this question yeah, this has been asked multiple yeah, times. Sorry, sorry. We no got worries. Off tangent. It's a yeah, no worries, no point. worries. No worries. Uh, the spider behind the gaddis again asking, what about countries like India and Australia?
2: um india uh india actually has done fairly well for itself uh india is when we actually speaking of countries that are relatively self uh, self sufficient india is much more so than a lot of countries india uh in uh, the time of the red has a lot of technical know-how uh they had, were very careful they had very careful policies after dealing with the fact that for many years they were essentially controlled by one of the world's biggest ever megacorps uh which was the uh, east india british uh, the east indian british east indian company uh, Mm -hmm. there were when you look at megacorps that was probably the biggest one to ever really exist um and uh uh, they, so they were very careful about letting other corps in and building their, own, and building their own corps. And they would do the thing where they would, they would send their people out, get education in the best places outside of India, bring that education back and build. They're very smart. And because they have a very large population, they have their, they were able to raise a very large army, go up to the wars and say, yeah, no, you're not coming in here during the fourth corporate war. Nope. Stay outside. Um, and so India is actually not doing so bad. Uh, it's 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 a regional power it's doesn't it's not interested in being a world power
4: mm-hmm.
2: um but it is it is doing fairly well you know they've got a lot of land, they've got a lot of natural resources, they've got a lot of people, and they've got a lot of know- how Australia, on the other hand hasn't done so well. Australia is really hard hit by climate change um there's entire swaths of Australia which now are relatively unpleasant to live in. It gets even worse in the in the time of the red. Uh, because climate change is nice and nasty, um, mm-hmm. and uh, there were in, Australia was uh like many uh westernized countries very willing to let any megacorp that was willing to invest in their infrastructure in, and uh, it cost them a lot of problems so Australia is not great uh it's not horrible, but it is not exactly it, it, it's not exactly uh doing so great either
0: mm-hmm. Hey, Cameron Quelho. With the donation, keep on keeping on. Neon and friends still looking forward to the game despite the delay soon. Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I, I
3: appreciate the number that he gave. $20.77. $20 <laughs> that's
0: that's brilliant, my doing. friend. That is very brilliant. <laughs> um, we also had a question about China and Iran uh, a little bit before.
2: China China is from what Mike said China's kind of where it is now uh though not a, not as big a power uh but they they have discovered that you can mix capitalism and communism in very interesting ways uh where if you have the party controlling the capitalism it can work for them uh but it is not it is not a dominant power the same way it is now uh China is uh building um Iran, I can say the Middle East in general, it has been rebuilding from the nuclear war that took place in that region. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. I can't get into specifics as to which countries are doing well and which countries aren't. uh, But I can say that it has finally started to rebuild. And they actually uh, had some advantages in some way that because uh, so much of it was kind of wasteland due to the wars, the nuclear exchange before, they were more or less left alone. And so they have been able to uh take the time and rebuild and you know lick their wounds and heal.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, we also have North Korea and Africa. People are really
2: the Koreas are were united uh for a while in the twenty twenties and are no longer united. And that's all I can say. <laughs> okay. Africa is doing fairly decently. Uh Africa uh you know, basically, as Mike has said, the, ES, the, the European Space Agency came in, talked to the local governments, said we want to build, you know, mass drivers and infrastructure here, and we'll train your people. And the African governments were able to, you know, get their get their stuff together and learn and uh, uh, take advantage of the opportunities there, uh, and uh, surpass the Europeans in many cases. And so when the highriders uh, which are the people who are living in space in the various colonies, were able to uh, rebel during the Fourth Corporate War and declare independence from the ESA in Europe, uh, they turned to their African cousins. And so their Africa, you know, Mike says, you know, not all of Africa is Wakanda, but uh, <laughs> a, large parts of it are Wakandan-esque.
0: <laughs> uh, Rob Question Mark, thank you for joining the community. Welcome. Uh, welcome. Welcome, welcome. We have another one I, I just briefly lost it. Antarctica. Is it still there and uninhabited? It says MTO nine. <laughs>
2: uh you know what, I can't answer that question. I don't know. Ooh, okay. I don't I, I I will say that there are places uh in the world where um there are drift nations, which or which are drift cities, which are basically uh large ocean going towns and cities, and there are deep downs which are underwater uh Cities which have gone kind of dark in the time of the Red—they're uh, not particularly interested in interacting with the rest of the world, except for as much as they have to. They tend to interact with the Drift Nations, which are often nomadic, and let the Drift Nations interact with the world. Antarctica is not something I can answer a lot of questions about because it's not something I have talked to much about to Mike about.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um. Justin Chan, is there anything supernatural, supernatural elements to the cyberpunk universe? But to any particular, anything particular um, in Red?
2: Nope. No. the 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 world's the, the world is. Uh, I don't want to demonetize you, so I'll say fudged enough. <laughs> as it is, uh it, we don't need supernatural stuff to make it worse. We're doing just fine on our no, own. No man. alien
0: invasions. No meteor meteorites yeah. hitting. No uh, yeah. ghosts.
2: As as Witcher as as is a theme in Witcher and so many other monster based things. Man is the greatest monster.
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: Well, Ragebot must believe that there were aliens in the net.
2: Ray Marshmoss believed there are aliens in the net. Yes.
0: Was that due to his paranoia, or was there some truth to that?
2: <laughs> Ray Schmarchmas believed there are aliens in the net. That is, that, that's as far as I will go to that. Um, that's as far as I will go. There are non-human intelligences in cyberpunk, yes, but they are not—they are not alien, mm-hmm. or, or for that matter, supernatural.
0: Mm-hmm. Do we go into the type of AIs in red yet, or has that been...
2: Um, We could could talk a little bit about that. There's there's different kinds. I don't remember their exact designations, but essentially true purposefully created AI is either rare to non-existent, like to the level of I'm creating a living thinking being. Uh, AIs are often more or less a mistake uh, created. So you have artificial intelligence, true artificial intelligence, as opposed to what you might call, what Mass Effect called a virtual intelligence, Mm-hmm. which is a artificial interaction system that seems intelligent, um, are fairly rare. And they, they, they tend to be either accidents that happen spontaneously generated due to just large amounts of data co- coalescing in the same places, or they are human intelligences, which have been, st- which were stripped or copied from the human brain via something like soul killer.
0: Right. Um,
2: and uh which is what alt Cunningham is
0: mhm and she's established in in the ghost world correct in there hong kong there is the
2: ghost world uh which is it, it's not so much in hong kong as in hong kong is one of the center points for it um, okay. like any virtual space it doesn't necessarily need to be in one per one place
4: mm-hmm.
0: sure but yes. it
2: is definitely in, it is definitely connected to or inside the old net
0: right and the victims of the soul killer uh, inhabit the ghost yeah. town?
2: Yeah, there were a lot of victims of, of Soul Killer at the at, during the Fourth Corporate War. Uh, especially towards the end, Arasaka just started using it all over the place.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Apollo, has religion changed greatly in twenty seventy seven? Oh sorry, not I any... mean
2: people worship Elvis, so <laughs> Um, the answer in, including you are had a very brief stint as an Elvistian. Um the answer is yes and no. Some religions have changed. For example, the Catholic Church as a whole has gotten a lot more, had a Vatican, which is essentially Vatican III, um, allowing uh, married and, and, and women priests. And as a result, the Polish Church broke off to form uh, mm-hmm. essentially what is a Polish Orthodox Church. And they considered themselves to be the, the, the true bastion of the church because uh, they harken uh, back to older methods older ways and uh, in general there is a lot less religion practiced in general because uh, you know it's just you know the the more connected and technological a society becomes a lot of times the less religious it becomes or the less practicing it becomes but in some ways those that practice it are going to be much more fervent in their beliefs whether that is in a negative or a positive way is up to it's up to you to deciding mm-hmm
0: Vilona Sculpture with the donation. Thank you so much. Don't spend it all in one place. Uh, hit me up on Instagram. I have an idea for you. I actually don't have an Instagram anymore. But if you want to send me that on Twitter, uh, yeah, that will be great on Twitter.
2: <laughs> Instagram's hard when you don't have a lot of visual stuff to share.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I deleted my personal Instagram as well. So I figured, you know, yeah. just delete it in general. Um, Let's see. What else we got here? you guys have any more questions, drop them in the yep. chat. We're, we're approaching an hour on here, so we're going to start wrapping it up. If we don't have anything else that you guys are interested in, so drop it in the comments. In the chat. Someone's
2: asking where we're getting this information. Hi, I'm Jay Gray. I work for Mike Pondsmith, um, <laughs> the guy that killed your cyberpunk character. More importantly, the guy that created the cyberpunk universe. <laughs>
1: Uh, someone is asking nonstop about the steel dragons.
2: Ooh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, they don't show up in si- the core rulebook for Cyberpunk Red. It's not something we've talked a lot about. Um, it is very possible you're a them.
4: Hmm.
1: Uh, Jose, is there a link for all source books for all this information? Well, you can buy you can buy them in drive-through, for yes. instance. Yes.
2: Yeah. com, You can find most of our books in digital format for a very reasonable price, or you can go to uh, PalzorianStore.com where you can buy physical versions, or just go down to your friendly local gaming store. Uh, we very much encourage you to visit responsibly, socially distanced with a mask, or mm-hmm. online your friendly local gaming store and support them because they have small independent stores have had a really tough time of it.
3: Yeah, it's been. <clears throat> it's been really difficult for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
2: it is. It's tough to be. It, it's 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 tough to be. Uh, you know, it's tough to be a retailer in general. But when you're a small retailer, uh, you live and die by your by your week to week sales. And so we
1: encourage you to support them. Yeah. Another question that is popping up all the time: people is really interested to know about the Petrochem Water Leopards mm-hmm. and if Boa Boa is still alive.
2: You know, that uh, is not an answer. A question I can answer. He does not show up in the core rulebook for Cyberpunk Red. I will give you that. But there's a lot of stuff that doesn't show up. Even at even at four hundred and sixty something pages, uh, there's a lot of stuff we didn't. You know, we actually got to the point where we said, no, we can't can't pack more information in here. We can't. Was, <laughs> you know, there comes a point where we can't afford to 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 make this book any more expensive than it already is. A
3: mm-hmm. uh, quick question I have that have been. Um... Wondering about for a while this is one of the things that I've, I've been trying to f- figure out because it's like it's like I know we've gotten some answers, but I, again I'm kind of sitting here going, did I actually have the correct answer on this? Um, did the Chinese build a physical wall around the physical location of Hong Kong to kind of like quarantine it?
2: Mike has said that, um, or maybe it's a port Balkay because Hong Kong is an island. Um, Mike has said that that they're they're. Uh, and i i don't know if he was being metaphorical or if he was being literal in interviews but we mm. don't get to too much detail about uh cities it's not just hong kong the multiple cities where this or similar uh mm-hmm. biological agents were dropped
3: okay i have i've um yeah we we, uh, we i have a personal uh very close family connection to hong kong so it's it's always an interesting thing to to yeah. think about and read about
0: mhm so spartan goes 17 thank you for the two pounds uh how grounded will the story be you might have to elaborate on that a little bit more but i
2: suspect they mean for 2077 um for red uh the story is whatever however grounded you want to make it it's your game
0: <laughs> i think he means for 2077 but if you want to elaborate a little bit in the in the comments uh spartan then we can maybe answer your question a little bit better
2: uh MT09Madness is asking if he has to wear a mask in Night City. Actually, yes. We recommend wearing a mask in Night City, especially during Inversion Smog events, because <laughs> it's really nasty. Uh, also, you might want to make sure you have an acid-proof coating on your car and your clothing.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Cornell, where is OKM? He is away this week. He will be back next week, hopefully. And yeah. Are we going to do a red campaign? Common Pants asks. We've been planning this forever, haven't we mm-hmm. yes. but it's uh not never really lined up because of obviously the delays and and whatnot, but I think so yeah
2: yeah we're we're gonna work hard on getting getting uh getting a game going maybe maybe getting a pawnsmith running it for you Ooh. ooh. yeah
3: yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome it's, yeah i'm 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 really looking forward to that
2: ooh jose actually has a really cool philosophical question jose f d s Go for it. What can what can the video game do better than the table than the tabletop version and vice versa? I'll tell you right now. A video game with good graphics can really make a world come alive because they can do sound and they can do voice acting and they can do they they can do great you know these beautiful three D graphics. They can feed your senses the way a tabletop game can't, and mm-hmm. that is utterly amazing. I am so looking forward to it. I will tell you what, I'm going to, like, the first ten hours of the game, I'm going to be ignoring the plot altogether, and just running around, looking at the city. <laughs> um, but what a tabletop game can do, any tabletop game, whether it's ours or Vampire, um, and compared to, say, Bloodlines or Bloodlines 2, or D&D compared to Baldur's Gate, uh, is uh, a tabletop with a GM can go anywhere. Mm -hmm. And a video game is limited by its resources that may change someday uh, in the future with some really, really strong AI algorithms and some really good fast processing to generate new, new graphic visual and uh, resources on the fly. I mean, just look at what they've been able to do with lip syncing in cyberpunk 2077. It is amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But until that day happens right now, the best thing that can happen is that a, a tabletop game can improvise and is not limited by processing power or pre-programmed assets.
3: I, I still, um, so I get, I get an early peek at tech every once in a while and the, the AR tech that they've been, they've been, um, you know, kind of planning, um, I'll put it into a, an example that most everybody can should be able to like understand. It's like when you're sitting around a tabletop experience, um, not only are you going to be able to do it from a distance, you know, from from, you know, just like putting on your headset and then slipping into some customizable room or and then into an actual physical room that your buddy has set up. And you're just essentially taking your place at the table, so to speak. Um When you choose to you're you're sitting around and, and I'm going to go real basic here. Clue. I think most people play Clue. You know, somebody's going to be like, I'm going to be Professor Plum. And then they turn into Professor Plum. And I'm gonna be um you know Colonel mustard and you know and so on and so <laughs> forth, and that kind of like tech merging with good old fashioned board games is going to be quite impressive when they finally bridge that gap and it's one of those things that i'm I'm really looking forward to because that that will eventually um bridge kind of the 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 tabletop and the video games in a way that has never really been done before with yeah. like digital video games versus like you know, that you'll still have a reason to get physical tabletop stuff, but now each piece will have a little tiny like code in it and you can use real pieces or you can use artificial pieces and, and or there'll be, you know, real collections. Like this, that's the direction I feel that we've been moving towards for a long time. And games like, you know, Cyberpunk and, um, and you, you said uh, Baldur's Gate, you know, really help to kind of bridge this stuff and it is helping to set up the things that I think we can see that are eventually going to come and make, make the industry really amazing. I I've been, I've been so happy to play boulders gate now because here's a game that finally gives me that, that cooperative community experience and, and wait until they get that multiplayer, like dungeon uh, um, master, like campaign, tech in there, which will come out probably a little bit over a year from now. Um, once that's fully implemented, you'll actually be able to sit down and have custom campaigns and and have the GM kind of doing stuff on the fly and taking things from roll to roll to roll, which we've seen, which is really, really nice. And and I'm hoping that we'll eventually get there with with Cyberpunk and some, you know, Vampire and a couple of the other um, really great tabletop community experiences there. But it is it is still quite a ways away. I mean, even Baldur's Gate, it's, it's far from where I think we could see it kind of becoming the mainstream. Um, It's still quite a ways away, but it's getting there. It's getting there.
2: It'll it'll be interesting to see if we ever get to the point where the, what what they wanted to do with Neverwinter Nights turns into Mm -hmm. a reality uh, where, where where I can do this. The big thing is, is you got to, you have to do it so that you can't, A, you could do it relatively on the fly. B, you don't need a coding degree to, Mm -hmm. uh, to, to generate the, to put together the assets. Uh, If I can, Put together a whole campaign in under an hour as opposed to under ten hours. Mm-hmm. That'll be very different. But until then, it'll be very cool to see.
3: Man, you you uh, played the old uh, Neverwinter? and we're not talking about the Neverwinter MMO. We're talking about the old school Bioware yeah, Neverwinter Night yeah, original. Or it was a
2: generate your own dungeon? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I did remember that. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's that was my first introduction to um, like hardcore like online D D experience, and I've been craving it ever since then. And it's just been so. F- so far away forever and now we're finally starting to get that back and it's very exciting
2: yeah um cool cool
0: um yeah so if you guys have any extra questions drop them in the chat because we're going to be wrapping up a little bit
3: uh Uh, uh, air gaps is a question that uh, taylor keeps asking about air gaps and the disconnected nature of the the internet in
2: red there was a question but before we get to there, there was a question whether mm-hmm. there are Indians in the Night City. Um The answer is yes, Night City is a multicultural city, but I'll go you one further. Uh, in the life path, there is a point where you roll uh, or choose. That's uh, the very first part, actually. Or you roll or you choose your. Okay, here we go. I just came to the page so I get this right. You roll or choose your, your general cultural or region of origin, and that's either where you come from or where your ancestors come from, and it breaks down to North America, South and Central America, Western Europe, Eastern Europe, uh, the Middle East, North Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, South awesome. Asian, Southeast Asian, East Asian, and Oceania and the Pacific Islands. So, yes, there are Indians, uh, as in people from India, uh, or whose ancestors were from India, uh, in Night City, uh, there could be people from anywhere in the world, uh, in Night City. That's up to you. That's a great thing about tabletop game: where oh, they're awesome. from, whether they're from, or even from Earth. That's up to you.
3: I'm so excited! We're finally <laughs> going to have lizard people backgrounds to pick from. That's going to be awesome.
2: Only with the right bio You know what? If you want, if you want to come from a, from like from like a some kind of. Uh, commune where everyone gets biosculpted into lizards and you're out to your world that, that's fine. You do that I, I was mind.
3: referring to the real lizard people but you know that's, that's fine.
2: <laughs> uh, well, we, we don't do real lizard people at, at RTG because it tends to be a horrible stand-in for anti-Semitism.
0: <laughs> uh, Rick Prester, do you need cyberware to progress or is it optional in the game? If you're referring to 2077, you will need the subdermal weapon grip and the Kiroshi Eye.
2: Yeah, I believe you absolutely have to get the eyes and and the and the grip. Yes. Um, in 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 Cyberpunk Red, you don't if you don't want cyberware, you can you can uh not do cyberware. Um, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, much more freedom, I guess.
2: Yeah, that, that's another so, advantage. Is 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 <laughs> uh, there is no designated storyline. Sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So about uh, about the air pockets, or the air gaps.
2: At the end of the Fourth Corporate War, towards the end of the Fourth Corporate War, uh, Rache Bartmoss, uh, a genius, mad netrunner, died. And his death triggered the release of two things. One is called the data crash, which is a virus that swapped information between two files, often that are connected to the net, uh, things like uh, the, uh, sometimes it's just a case of like, I'll swap this five here in this list of troops that I need to send to South Asia with this three here in this recipe for cookies. And sometimes it was uh, a larger swap. Like I'm going to, uh, I'm going to swap uh, uh, the information in 1984 with the information in Brave New World. So uh, that was released, and that was a problem. But more importantly, uh, a more long-term problem is the release of rabbits, uh, which are nasty, relatively intelligent, self-replicating, homicidal viruses that will seek out anyone on the net and uh, destroy them
4: totally and completely.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, As a result, uh, basically people started disconnecting everything from what they call, what we now call the old net. Mm-hmm. And, uh, people were also not only worried about the old net, re- people reconnecting because people were still trying to reconnect to it. Cause you always had the person going, well, um, if I can just reach the old net. I can find this data cache and make lots of money. Right. That mm-hmm. so you have those idiots. Um, but also, uh, you also had just general concern that if everything is connected again, uh, one rabbit gets out, self-populates, you know, because you never know. Maybe there is a rabbit not just on the old net, but in an old database that got shut down. The minute you turn that database back on, uh, it'll get out into the into the network. So there you have what are called city nets, upon which are layered data pools, the same way the internet and the World Wide Web are the same thing and yet not the same thing. Uh, like the World Wide Web is, is an interface, and the data pool is essentially an interface. Uh, and those tend to be city wide, and then uh individual groups corporations schools that guy down the street will have their own network and that network will be air-gapped it will not be directly connected to the data pool so that if something gets loose on the data pool someone releases a rabbit and the rabbit's surging through the data pool it won't get into your personal network and fry your brain while you're hooked in and watching the latest uh your latest uh cyber drama
3: so this is and this is a a, like the brilliant. this about it because this is actually a real a real physical thing that happens today there are new tech uh new internets being installed new new internet network systems hardware that's being installed on top of old hardware and that old hardware is still in the ground and at some point it's just abandoned but it's still there and if you have access to it and if you have the ability to power it up you can create a secondary network in the same area in the same city and it's, it's it, depending on how much of it hasn't been, you know, literally yeah. physically pulled out of the ground. But as um, it's always easier to just build over top of the old thing than it is to pull out the old thing and replace it. So yeah. one thing that uh, oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah, like real cities, networks are built on the remains of old. City, mm-hmm. old, you know, new buildings were built. in The old ones. In fact, the city Nets in Night City, which was one of the first city nets built by uh, Ziggurat, uh, who actually got the council that runs runs and I'm air quoting Night City uh, to agree on something, which is a rarity, uh, is built on the backwards of the data term uh, on the back of the data term network, which is data terms are essentially news boxes on every corner, uh, which has a 30 percent chance of actually working, uh, which are basically these huge relatively durable boxes where you can go up and you can slot in some coins or money or, you know, your, your credit chip and, uh, and get information, connect, uh, make a phone call, whatever. They're like a phone booth in a newsstand all at once. And by they are able to disconnect it from the old net and use that framework to build a new city network.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It's it's, it's, it's it's something like that said. I yeah it's something that I deal with like um uh, like quite often and it's it's so fascinating because it's like it's like you can you can find so much and it's so cool too so
2: that's yeah. why so many people get their internet through their cable provider because
3: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
2: it was a whole lot easier to build internet through the existing cables than it was to build whole new cables
0: mm-hmm. yeah cool. So what do you guys have going on for next week? Any any plans? Any releases? Yep.
2: Next week we're gonna talk about the economy and awesome. vendits. Vendits. Uh, you've seen a vendit, uh in the uh the, the forty five minute gameplay release. What god, was it only last year?
0: Mm-hmm. It was only
2: last year. 45
0: uh, the forty five minute one? Twenty eighteen?
2: yeah, the E three sorry, was it twenty eighteen? The E the, yes, that's right, 'cause I, I was at E three last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm talking about the one before that. Yeah. Oh god, I was out at E3 last year. It's been that long. Um sorry. It it's been a weird year because uh in 2018 I I traveled all over the place and in 2019 I traveled a lot and in 2020 None. I traveled nowhere. Yeah. Um and it's just such a change cuz part of my job is traveling. Yeah. And going to conventions. Really distorts time but, uh, as yeah, well. Yeah. In V's apartment you you, you saw uh, a Vend-It, which is essentially a vending machine. It vents, vend it. You can vend it, um, and vending machines in Cyberpunk Red are a lot like vending machines in Japan, which is to say that you can buy anything in them, from used underwear to guns, yes, to to live animals, possibly. Mm-hmm. Those live animals, we can't guarantee that they were intended to be in the machine in the first place, or whether they just got their way in. Vendits are also um, very durable which makes them hard to break into and they have uh, fences and those fences are lethal.
0: Okay. Vendits next week. I'm going to be interested in that one.
2: We'll also expand. We'll talk about the economy in general and specifically how the mechanics of it work in the game.
0: Nice. Cool. How about you guys side, Mad Queen? Uh,
3: we have a Ash has been working on a rap battle for a while so uh, (laughs) tune in to that and again a reminder he had created the second version of the um, companions and romanceable characters in uh, Cyberpunk uh, 2077 Um, tier list video so if you like the memes of the tier list and yes it is a meme it's clearly a joke it's not meant to be taken seriously but it is some of his funniest work he's ever done uh so please pop over and uh give give that a, a check and then the um we we will have the uh um we will have the rap battle that will pop um into the into our feed uh into our video um sometime in the next few days here and uh and yeah, you'll wanna you'll wanna check that out because we're yep. always doing something crazy over there that
2: sounds, that sounds fun and remember and if you play if you play rpgs the way i do the most
1: important thing is who can you smooch
0: <laughs> Yep. <laughs> mad queen how about you what do you got going on next week
1: well i have uh, a review of ghost runner I intended to to play it on, on stream, but as when you stream, you have to be pending of OBS behaving, YouTube behaving, looking at the chat, and all this. And Ghost Runner is a is a game that requires hundred percent of my attention. I just played it pri- privately, mm-hmm. and now finally I can make a review. Um, I'm also going to reveal the winners of the Night City Challenge. Ooh. Who won the uh, Cyberpunk 2077 Xbox Collector's Edition and a couple of funkos. I also am preparing a video about the raves because we need to explain the rough and shift. There's the nomads that are more nomads, according to the media in the United States. The worst of the worst. You're going to love them. Also on Friday, as usual, we're going to have the podcast of uh, the World of Cyberpunk 2077 with Arthur Talsorian Games, meaning Jay, who is here. Yay! <laughs> I'm looking forward
2: to it. I missed it.
1: The awesome. past week we couldn't we couldn't make it, so it will be uh, next week. And I believe the subject was the Bush the gangs. Yeah,
4: Hello.
2: we'll talk all about gangs. Let's see if I can't tease a tidbit or two out of the out of the out of the bosses to bring to you.
0: Cool, Jay Thank you so much for joining, uh, chat. Thank you guys for coming out as well. Every single week, you guys show your support here, so it's always nice to see you guys uh, being active in the chat. Next week we're on Mad Queen
1: show, Mad Queen?
3: Uh, I don't is, know. isn't it saib might be saib i'm um, not sure yeah might yeah it might be us we we did we we again we had to uh shuffle around the this this structure so yeah <laughs> um i think it'll be on us uh i think we'll we'll host it next week or at least that's what we'll that's what the plan will be i will fi- next week i will finally be off for the winter so i will be nice able to be streaming so much more it's so very exciting I cannot wait so yay
0: cool <clears throat> uh links will be in the description for all the creators up here including artal Sorian. if you guys want to check them out easy. and uh yeah we will see you guys next week take it easy